Yeah, it was an incredible week. It was uh, start to finish. You know, I started my first hole in Eagle. Um, I just felt like I read the greens so well this week and made a lot of crucial putts. Today was such a difficult day with the wind. And again, made some crucial putts even on the first hole. It was a big one for par and um, some birdie putts early on to get the round going. And really hung in there in the middle of the round. That chip in on, on 15 was obviously massive. So it was just an incredible week. TD Green on the greens everywhere. And you move up to number 13 in the FedEx Cup standings. I'm assuming this sort of changes your, your goals and expectations the rest of the season. Yeah, it does. It, uh, it lines me up great for the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, you know, the last couple of years, I felt like I've been fighting for my card. So things have changed, which is, which is awesome. Uh, be able to pick my schedule a little bit more. So all, all great stuff. Uh, probably hasn't sunk in quite yet. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, some rest today and tomorrow and, and then play next week. All right, let's go right into uh, questions. Yeah, let's go to the back. Or actually, go ahead, Doug. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Doug, sir. Let's go to Doug first, and we'll get you a microphone. Nick, just you're, you're um, from an emotional level when you when you kind of get through that into the front nine stretch, and all of a sudden you got a five shot lead, mm -hmm. and then coming off 14 when the wind's blasting and it's down to two, and and uh, you know not even bogey seem easy. How did you yeah. how did you kind of keep yourself steady? Uh, it was it was tough. Um, you know that whole stretch, really 11 through 14. You know, 11, I pulled it a little bit off the tee, but I think, you know, I'm, I've just probably took Sorry. a little too far line to the left. I didn't see it bounce. Obviously, it, it ran for a while. Um, you know, just took my medicine and made bogey there. When Phil flew the green on 12, you know, I still thought, you know, at best I could fly to the, the front third of the green and, and hit a good shot and went over, and then there was no sand in that bunker. Similar what happened to me on, on Friday. So bogeys were really hard for those, those two holes. And then 14... A drive was a little left of what I wanted, but getting up in that lip of the bunker just made that hole very challenging from there. And we were almost thinking about laying up again, um, which, you know, that, that's no bargain having a wedge with all that wind. And, you know, then I'm short right, and I'm, I'm really trying to minimize the damage of, you know, if you come up short there, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. So probably, you know, was a little too careful and went long. And um, But after that, I think filmmaking bogey was probably... You know, to only lose one shot on that hole with the lead to go down to two, I had to remind myself I still had the lead. Uh, I knew I was swinging it well and just needed to, to hit that fairway, and I had a great drive there, so that was nice. All right, let's go to the back, and then we'll get Steve and Ron here. Again, congrats, Nick. Thank you. Uh, talk about the conditions today. A lot of guys had trouble uh, throughout the entire day mm -hmm. and how that affected your game. And Was there anything about your game coming into the week that you thought, I could really do well here? Yeah, you know, again, this is my probably my favorite tournament of the year. Uh, these golf courses really set up well, I think, for my game. Um, but today, today was really difficult. You knew the first six, seven holes being a lot of helping wind that getting off to a good start would be crucial to kind of ease it in the middle of the round because once you got to 11, it was straight into the fan and the greens are firming up. They're getting crispy. So, uh, yeah, obviously, I was an amazing start through six holes. Um, and kind of let it go away there a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it was just very challenging to win. And, and I think looking at the leaderboard, I didn't look at it until probably the start of the back line. But knowing that everyone else was having a difficult time as well, I knew that, you know, if I could make some pars, that um, I'd, I'd be fine, make people have to catch me. All right, let's go Steve and then Ron. When you're warming up and it's pretty cold and the wind's already blowing and you get that final pairing with Phil, what were you thinking 
on that little short drive down to that first tee? Um, I was thinking about hitting my new big foreign. I, so we have a little foreign, a big foreign, but um, it's a sim max, and it was a big cavity back, and it's it's been great this week. But that's what I was thinking about where where to hit this, potentially hitting three wood, but probably going to be the foreign, and and from there. But um, I was actually relatively calm for the scenario going into the round. You know, I didn't eat much of breakfast this morning. Slept very average last night, which I expected, but. You know, once we teed off, I, I honestly think playing with the amateurs, it kind of made this, the round slower and just made a little more time in between shots. I didn't feel, didn't ever feel rushed. I think that helped a lot. All right, let's go Ron, and then we'll get Mike and Alan over on this side. Kind of building off that question, but right here. Oh, you, okay. you said yesterday you had never played with Phil before. Mm -hmm. Given that, what was the interaction like? I saw on the, on the third tee, it looked like you guys had a backup and a little conversation. And did you have any sort of yikes moment where – I'm playing with Phil, final round, and how did you get through that? You know, I, I, I've been on, this is my sixth year, so I've seen Phil a lot. We've never really had a conversation, but, um, you know, the scenario was probably bigger than actually me playing with him, but um, he was great. We had some conversations, you know, throughout the day. I think probably since the back nine, we were just kind of doing our own thing, but, um, yeah, it was, he was very great to play with, so that was, it was a fun, obviously a very memorable round to play with him and how much success he's had here, but. Um, he was great to play with. All right, let's go over here, Mike, and then Alan. Nick, you uh, kind of alluded to this earlier, but how tough has it been to kind of live on the edge in terms of the top 125 the last couple of years? And also, could you talk about the final round at the 2018 Wyndham when you obviously played your way into the playoffs that year and how big that was? Yeah, it's uh, it's not fun having around that 125. It's, you know, I've been able to, to keep my card the last couple of years, did a little, little bit earlier last year, but um, that final round is probably what I drew back on the most starting today because, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, I was under way more pressure, I felt like, in that scenario than actually when I was trying to win today. Um, a lot of similar emotions before the round, during the round, and really trying to focus on each shot that was ahead of me, but... Um, yeah, I drew, I drew back on that round a lot, and that was very crucial for my career. And, and um, it's nice not having to do that again this year, at least. All right, over here, let's go, Alan, and then we'll move over to Nick, Dave. Uh, over here, you just won on an iconic venue. You, you beat a Hall of Famer. Uh, are you excited? Does it feel good? You're not giving us very much to work with here. <laughs> yeah, it feels amazing. Again, I don't think uh, it's going to sink in for quite some time. I don't know if I blocked out the last five hours and just played golf, and you know, now I'm here with winning with a trophy it's it's amazing but uh again i just try to as much as i can block that out but um you know we're so privileged to be able to play this course golf course every year and to win like you said in like iconic place is it's amazing so okay shed uh nick congratulations um, okay uh, you know people would look at this and, and say where you know where have you been since you won in 2015 and they even look at your recent uh list of you know, finishes, a couple of missed cuts, a T32, whatever. You know, I, I think people would be curious to say, how, how do you turn that around? How do you go from that to finding that what, whatever it is, big something, little something? Mm -hmm. What is it? It's a very fine line out here. It's, you know, like you said, finishing 32nd in Hawaii, you know, that week I felt like I, I putt pretty poorly. And, you know, if I had a putting week like I did this week, I think I would have been in contention most of the week. Um, 
you know, last week is a course that really doesn't set up great for my game. And so it's hard. To, there's going to be plenty of golf courses throughout the year that don't set up well for your game, some that do. I knew coming into this week that my game's been great, I think, for, for almost a year now. Um, really driving it great. And I think, you know, we've, my coach, Caddy, we've, we've talked about it, really trying to minimize the mistakes that we make that shoot ourselves in the foot and not necessarily execution errors, just kind of maybe more strategy errors. So we were awesome this week. Skill did a great job, my caddy, and um, it's such a fine line. All right, let's get Doug and Adam. Just a couple of short ones, Nick. What was the club on, on uh, 17? Eight iron. And were you thinking three when you stood over the chip on 15? Were you thinking making it? That was a good spot to miss. Um, I was picking my spot. I, you know, it's makeable for sure. I, but, you know, I was trying to pick my spot. If I had a tap in par, I'd have been delighted. But it was nice that it went in. And, and lastly, and you kind of brought this up yourself with the fighting for 125. <clears throat> if you think about your, your six years on tour, you've never lost a, a, a card, conditional one year. But mm -hmm. um, you've only played in, in two majors. You've always been around kind of that 100 spot. Did you ever find yourself maybe not setting expectations high enough for you does that make any sense yeah um and by the way you're going to the masters <laughs> uh yeah you know it's it's tough when you when you set expectations if it's tough when you set them if you don't reach them how do you react to that is it disappointment is it you know that's fine i have a goal i want to achieve it if you don't achieve it then that's fine figure out a way how you, how you can achieve it but you know i've worked on that and um it, it yeah it is hard it there's so many good players out here. If you told me for 15 years I would finish 110 on the FedEx Cup, I think I'd be fine with that. It's, you know, a lot of times if you have a job the next year, you're, you're pretty pumped with that. So, again, now, now that I have, you know, a job for two and a half, three years guarantee, that's, that's amazing. All right, let's go Adam and then Randall. Nick, some of your fellow competitors, they describe you as being mentally tough. What makes you mentally tough, and was there a moment today where that really was critical for you? Um, you know, after 14, it's probably definitely a, I'll look back on where really having to settle down, calm yourself, you know, remind myself that I still had a two-shot lead. Um, I really wasn't paying attention a lot. I, I knew that I felt like Phil and I had a, a cushion on third for most of the day. And then I saw Strema made a couple birdies at some point, but Phil was still, I didn't realize until 17 green that he was, that Phil was then in third. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't really know where it comes from. I feel like I've, I like being in that moment. Um, I feel like I'm pretty mellow for the most part, so I won't get too up or down. But um, yeah, it's just you dream about those scenarios, and luckily I've been able to pull it through a couple times. Yeah, let's go to Randall. Um, didn't you announce um, that that you were ex you were family was expecting the baby here yeah. at Pebble Beach? Um, so could you answer two things then? One, um, just what it's like to win when you when you did that, to win here when you did that, and two, just give us some family details then. Yeah, we, uh, you know, everyone that was very close to us, we had told before that, but I guess social media wise, we we had announced that we were having a baby at the at the after the U.S. Open here, and then, uh, you know, when I when I won in Sanderson. My wife wasn't there. We had, I had just gotten my card, and she was still working back home. And it was actually the last, the day I won was her last shift. She decided to go on casual. So it was crazy that day to, to all of a sudden win. She's not going to work anymore. We were not be able to travel. 
Um, and now to have her here with our son Charlie, who's only three months old. My in-laws were here. It was just, uh, yeah, you couldn't write it much better, to be honest. All right, let's go to Evan over on the left. Huh? She's a social worker back in the hospital in Abbotsford, Canada. Okay, Evan and then Steve. Nick, I believe you've only played in two majors in your career, so how excited are you to play your first Masters and lock up, I think, the PGA as well? Yeah, I that I don't think that's that's the one that's not going to sink in for a while. You know, you get that invite for the Masters. That's that's a tournament that I've dreamed about playing my entire life, and um, you know I've been lucky enough. I think I played three U.S. Opens, a couple were an amateur, but as a pro, and the PGA at Wilson Strait. So I think it's going to open a lot of doors, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. Thanks. All right, let's go, Steve, and then we'll wrap up with Dave and Ron right here. Were you aware that no Canadian had won this tournament? I I wasn't aware of that okay. I. I remember growing up watching Weirzy was in contention a couple times. I don't know if maybe Aaron Oberholzer had beat him that year, but Weirzy had texted me, Ames texted me, you know, pulling for a good luck. But, uh, no, it's pretty cool to be the first candidate. that. All right. Dave? Uh, the bigger shots, six or, or 15, I would have to think under the circumstances, 15 was bigger, but yeah. six was – it seemed like it was a, a key moment as well because Phil was on and two and you were in mm -hmm. the bunker. Yeah, that was, you know, six, again, playing straight down wind. I hit four iron, four iron. It's more like a three iron, but four, three iron, three iron. And I knew when I hit that shot right, that was the place to miss. If anything, we wanted to be in that right bunker. And, um, again, not thinking hole, but picking a spot and get up close. And for both those to go in, 50, I think, by far was bigger for the moment. But, um, you know, to gain another shot, I felt like when Phil – Tied it up early on to birdie four was big, and then yeah, for us both to birdie five. That, that's such a difficult part three. Right. Um, I felt like we started to separate ourselves a little bit, but fifteen was obviously massive. And do you feel like in some way you out Mickelson Mickelson today <laughs> by doing? Uh, uh, you know what? I saw a few of his highlights yesterday. He hit some incredible shots around the green. His up and down on thirteen today was ridiculous. Hey, but honestly, seeing yesterday some of his shots, I kind of. I came to today, and we, we almost came to a match play type scenario at some point, but I remind myself to kind of expect the unexpected from him. And so when he had that putt, I was like, he's probably going to make this. This is just something he does. And when it went in, you know, my putt barely missed, but um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like shell shocked that he had made that putt because his wizardry yesterday and even today was, it's incredible. All right, let's go, Ron, and then we'll take the last one with Doug. I guess you were asked already right here. Oh, sorry. about Augusta, but um, a little more detail maybe. Did you have you ever been there? Did you, have you played? You know, when you say you've always dreamt of it, did you remember any specific memories watching it as a kid? Or yeah, you know, when Tiger had won in '97, is right when I was getting into golf. Um, Mike's Mike Weir's win. You know, I remember being in my basement with my older brother and my dad watching, and you know, standing up probably the entire time. And uh, and no, I haven't been there so. I always hope that my first time there would be actually competing in the tournament. So, again, that a lot of stuff's going to take a while to sink in, but I think that that one is um, it's going to be incredible. All right, Doug. First of all, what were you doing watching Phil highlights? And was that the best thing to do before you play with him in the last <laughs> round? <laughs> I was more curious of of just how he was playing and, and the bunker shots. Like I think he plugged in the back of the bunker on seven yesterday, and hit the foot, and that was just mind blown that you could hit that shot. But um, I was just curious, to be honest, and he had some amazing shots. I'm like, all right, well, 
I don't know if he can keep that up. If he can, great. But if I keep doing what I'm doing, plugging on in fairways and greens, then uh, try to make try to make the guys behind me try to beat me. What do you think Phil was expecting from you? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I know Tim a little bit better. His his brother at uh, Tim, I think, was coaching at San Diego when I was in college. But I, I don't know. And as you look as you look back, what did you? What do you think was the greater challenge for you going into the last round with, with a one-shot lead over someone of Phil's pedigree and history here or the wind? Um, I think only having a one-shot lead, you know, that's so minor in a final round. And I knew with the conditions that, you know, I had a lead, but I didn't feel like, you know, if I had a three, four-shot lead, I feel like I would have been a lot more nervous. But um, what was the second part of your question, sorry? Stronger challenge was was knowing that you got Phil and only one shot lead, or the wind. Ultimately, what was your biggest test today? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. Um, again, when we made the turn, it was pretty much me and him, unless you know we both started to make some bogeys in the middle there. But I felt like it was me against him, and that was a big part of the challenge. And I felt comfortable, you know, making that turn that it was just me and him. Um, I wouldn't say I felt intimidated. I knew. I knew I was playing well, and I knew the kitchens were tough, so I just needed to keep doing what I was doing. Yep, go ahead. Follow up on that. If you would have been more nervous, which makes sense, if you'd had a three or four shot lead, is it safe to say that the most nerves you felt was when you had the five shot lead? Yeah, I fail from you, there. I mean, yeah, like people say, when you get a big lead, you almost don't know what to do with it. You know, I, when I got the lead, I felt like we were going into the very most difficult holes. So I, I knew pars were going to be awesome, but. You know, again, the shots I was hitting, I didn't think they were that bad, and I just really had to manage bogeys from there. And 14, you know, we both struggled on that hole. Phil, we both in that bunker, and once you hit in that bunker on the left, the right ones are okay, but the left ones, you're so far in. That's such a hard pin that, yeah, it was, we both were coming back to the field of it, but um, it, it, it's a different feeling because you just don't get that big a lead very often. You kind of, you try to keep doing what you're doing, but you almost, you try not to count the holes down, how many you have left. But it's, you know, those thoughts are going through your head. It's impossible not to. So I try to just keep doing what I was doing, and luckily it worked out. If you listen to the wind, you can hear it. That's Ireland calling you home. Home to the greatest Lynx golf courses in the world, defined by soaring dunes, undulating fairways, venerable bunkers, and whimsical green complexes. From Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland, site to the 2019 Open Championship, to Ballyliffin, La Hinch and Ballybunion, numbering among the Lynx golf masterpieces awaiting your golfing sojourn. Come home to Ireland and enjoy the most incredible golf experience of your life. Get started at Ireland.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B, the Tour Ball reinvented. Footjoy, the number one outbrand in golf, ensures that you can make every day playable with performance gear to handle any weather condition. All Footjoy products are designed to provide the best golfing experience regardless of the conditions. Every piece of Footjoy gear goes through years of testing and validation to ensure the ultimate in golf performance. Trust the brand that has been number one forever. Learn how you can make every day playable at footjoy.com slash M-E-D-P. 
Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles. And they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. Your game deserves the best of technology. Your game deserves being custom fit for the clubs that you play. Your game deserves getting the best technology at the best value. Tour Edge has it all. They build the product in the United States. They back it by a lifetime warranty. Think about that for a second. TourEdge.com to check them out. Why do you think players at the PGA Tour Champions have checked them out of the likes of Scott McCarron and Tom Lehman? Because the technology works. Check out Tour Edge today. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link-style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Kaur, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com. FootJoy, the number one outer brand in golf, ensures that you can make everyday playable with rain jackets for all weather conditions. New to the FJ Performance Outwear lineup this year is the all-new DryJoy Select LS, the lightest, most waterproof garment FJ has ever produced, setting a new standard in rainwear. Amazingly, it's actually lighter than a golf shirt, but still fully waterproof. You can shop now at FootJoy.com slash M-E-D-P. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. 
BenHoganGolf.com is where you can go to see the beautiful product that's being produced right now, bearing the name of the legend. You know, when he founded the original company in 1953, Ben Hogan said he did it, quote, to design and manufacture the best golf clubs in the world, end quote, and that is exactly what their mantra is today, only it's going directly to you, not through retail stores, so they're saving that 40%, 50% retail markup. You can get the best, and you can get it directly from their master craftsmen. Log on to BenHoganGolf.com now. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. Hey, my new book is called The Golf Round I'll Never Forget. 50 of golf's biggest stars we call their finest moments. Moments like this. The 1973 U.S. Open. Here's Johnny Miller. He got a letter also on Saturday morning and said, you're going to win the U.S. Open from some guy in Iowa. And I'd never got a letter that that's all it was. It didn't sign it, nothing. It was just from Iowa. You're going to win the U.S. Open. So it was sort of an interesting experiences that led up to that uh, winning that Open. Uh, and, and the round itself was sort of out of nowhere because it just was a, a perfect round of golf. I mean, it literally was a perfect round of golf. The book is called The Golf Round I'll Never Forget. 50 of golf's biggest stars recall their finest moments. I hope you enjoy it. You can pick it up wherever fine books are sold, including barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com.